The Sangha is invited to come back to our breathing so that the collective energy of mindfulness can bring us together as an organism, flowing as a river with no more separation. Let the whole Sangha breathe as one body, listen as one body, chant as one body, transcending the boundaries of a delusive self, liberating us from the superiority complex, the inferiority complex, and the equality complex. Le bon, il s'appelle à
Yeah. 
morning, dear Sangha. Today is uh, the 20th of March, the year 2014, and we are in the Full Moon Meditation Hall, Loving Kindness Temple of the New Hamlet, Plum Village. We know that every time we hear the bell, we practice together listening to the bell. Before inviting the bell to sound, we don't say hitting the bell or ringing the bell, but we say inviting the bell to sound. Before we invite the bell to sound, we have to breathe in and out in order to calm our body and our mind. Because the quality of the sound depends very much on the peace inside. So the bell master should uh, practice mindful breathing in and out three times before she or he invite the bell to sound. And if you want to be a bell master, you have to learn by heart uh, the verse. Uh, the verse has uh, four lines. And you breathe in with the first line, and you breathe out with the second line. And then you breathe in with the third line, and you breathe out with the fourth line. And after that, you are calm enough, and you are qualified as a bell master. And the verse is like this. Body, speech, and mind in perfect oneness. I send my heart along with the sound of this bell. May all of you who listen to me awaken from your forgetfulness and transcend the path of anxiety and sorrow. So breathing in and out like that, you calm your body, you calm your feeling. And uh, the sound of the bell will have uh, a higher quality. And then you make uh, a half sound. That is a half sound. To one people, that a real sound, a whole sound, uh, will, 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 will come very soon. So the half sound is for you to prepare yourself for the reception of the full sound. So whatever you are doing, whatever you are thinking about, you stop. You stop thinking, you stop talking, you stop doing things, and you prepare yourself for the reception of the sound of the bell. And you have about eight seconds in order to do so. So after the half sound, the bellmaster allows you about eight or ten seconds to prepare to stop and to receive the full sound of the bell. 
because in a practice center, in a practice center like Plumlish, we consider the sound of the bell as the voice of the Buddha calling us home to ourselves. And this is not a Buddha who sits on the cloud, but a Buddha uh, in our heart. He's calling, go home, my child. So the sound of bell is considered to be the voice of the Buddha inside, calling you home to yourself. And when you hear the half sound, you know that you have to stop thinking, talking, doing things, and prepare yourself so that you can receive the full sound of the bell, the voice of the Buddha calling you home. And the bell master allows you about eight or ten seconds to breathe in and out during that time. And when you focus your attention on your in-breath and breathe in, you release everything. And when you breathe out, you smile and you release everything. And you are ready to welcome the Buddha to welcome the voice of the Buddha. So if uh, you are a bellmaster, be generous. After the half sound, allowed us enough time to prepare ourselves. One in-breath and one out-breath. Maybe, maybe eight or ten seconds. And then after, after that, you invite the bell for a full sound. And after that, you, the bell master, and everyone else will practice mindful breathing, deep breathing three times. And breathing in, you might follow or recite the first line of uh, a new gata, a new verse. I listen. I listen. This wonderful sound brings my back to my true home. I listen. I listen. This wonderful sound brings me back to my true home. My true home is here and now. And many of us have been trying to find our true home and we have not been able to find it. And now we are told that our true home is the here and the now, where life is uh, available with all the wonders. So you always go home with the practice of mindful breathing, uh, listening to the bell. So listening to the bell is to go home, go home to your body, your feelings, your perceptions, your consciousness. And the Buddha said that is a very uh, beautiful, safe island within yourself. And in which you can take refuge. And every time you hear the bell, you go back to the island within and take refuge. 
and that island is in your heart. And in that island, you, you can find yourself. You can find your ancestors, spiritual ancestors and blood ancestors. You find whatever you want to find, like uh, the kingdom of God, the pure land of the Buddha, joy, peace, love. Everything you are looking for must be found in the island within. And that is what uh, the Buddha recommended before he died. He said, dear friends, don't rely on anyone. Don't rely on anything. Rely on the island within. That is his last recommendation. So every time you hear the bell, we practice mindful breathing in order to go home to the island within and take refuge. And at the island, we don't risk to be drowned in the ocean of worries and suffering. It's very safe. And in that island, we are protected by our ancestors, spiritual ancestors and blood ancestors. They are always there to welcome us home. And we can find in ourselves in a very safe situation. That is the practice of taking refuge. You take refuge in the island within yourself. Remember, that is the last recommendation made by the Buddha before he passed away. And then there is a practice called a deep listening. You don't listen just with your ears and with your mind. You have to listen with all your body. It is possible to invite all the cells in your body to join you in listening to the bell. There are trillions of cells in your body. And every cell of your body, you can recognize the presence of your ancestors. All our ancestors, whether they are blood or spiritual, they are still alive in every cell of our body. It's uh, possible to get in touch with our ancestors. They have not died. They are still alive in you. And you can get in touch with them in every cell of your body. And that is why when you listen to the bell, invite all your ancestors to join you in listening. You invite all the cells in your body to listen with you. And uh, you synchronize so that every cell in your body are breathing together with you. And when you breathe like that, peace will penetrate into every cell. And transformation and healing can take place. Allow 
your, the time for all the cells in your body to join you in listening. And if you feel calm, light, and all your ancestors in you will find, feel calm and light at the same time. So when I say, I listen, I listen, that's not very correct. We have to say, we listen, we listen, because all our ancestors are joining us to listen. We listen, we listen. This wonderful sound brings me back to my true home, the island within ourselves. And you know something? When everyone is breathing like that, at the same time, you create a very powerful collective energy of mindfulness, of peace, right here, right now. And that will penetrate into the body of everyone to help with the transformation and healing. You have noticed before the chanting, I invited the bell to sound three times. And everyone of us was breathing, and we feel that collective energy of peace and mindfulness, and that is very nourishing. We practice sitting together and breathing together, and together we generate a very powerful collective energy that has the capacity to heal our body and our mind. That is the best thing you get when you come to a practice center. The collective energy of mindfulness and peace and compassion generated together by all members of the Sangha. Let us listen to the sound of the bell and enjoy breathing together three times. We listen. We listen, this wonderful sound brings us back to our true home. Our true home is there. Uh, our brothers and sisters uh, have a bell mindfulness in their computer. Every uh, 15 minutes, you hear the bell. You stop working. You stop thinking. And you go back and breathe in and out three times and enjoy uh, going home to yourself generating the energy of peace, mindfulness, and compassion. <coughs> and if you want to, uh, to put uh, that bell, that sound bell mindfulness in uh, your computer, you 
You can download it from the Plum Malaysia website. Last time we spoke about uh, the mental formation called restlessness. L'agitation. And uh, we should learn how to deal with the energy of restlessness in us. We are not peaceful. We don't know what to do with our body. We don't know what to do with our feelings and emotions. So the practice of mindful breathing and mindful walking can help us to calm down our body and our feelings. In the Christian tradition, people talk about resting in God. Resting in God. Because you are restless. You don't know what to rely on. We, we want something to rely on. Someone to rely on. To be more solid. And that is why everyone is looking for, for someone or something to to take refuge in. And resting in God is uh, taking refuge in God. Resting means taking refuge. Different words with the same meaning. In Buddhism we we say, I take refuge in the three jewels. And in Christianity you say, I take refuge in the Trinity. But resting, taking refuge in, is an art. You have to learn. Because if you know how to take refuge, how to rest, you get the peace very quickly. In no time at all. Suppose you are a wave, a wave on the surface of the ocean. And you know how fragile you are as a wave. You go up, you go down, you are scared. Because everything goes so quickly. Birth, death, suffering, change. The life of the life of a, of a wave is so short. The life of a human being also is very short. And we want to to find something solid to rely on someone 
to rely on because you are not solid enough. You are not stable enough. So we need something solid, stable. And we believe that the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha is something solid. We believe that uh, God, the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is something solid. So we want to take refuge. So resting in God means taking refuge in the in God, in the Trinity. Very much the same intention, the same need, the same idea. But resting does not mean mm, not doing anything. You can be very active. If uh, in the state of, uh, of peace, you are peaceful, but you can be very active helping people to suffer less. And that is the secret. Resting does not mean doing nothing. Resting means having peace, stability, solidity, and continue your work to help people. Now those of us who are single parents, and alone we have to raise our child. And if you are a, a mother of a child, you would like to find someone to rely on. You want to find a man to be your husband and to be the father of your son. Because that is a tendency that is your need to find someone that is solid enough for you to rely on and your, for your child to rely on. There are many single parents in the West, in Europe and in America. And even if you are a gentleman, you want to find out a woman that is stable, solid for you to rely on. You also want to you have you also have that kind of need. You are looking for someone as your refuge. But many of us have chosen a person that is not stable enough, that is not solid enough, and he or she goes up and down, up and down like that, and we suffer more than than if we don't have him or her. So please think about it. <laughs> don't have any illusion. Be realistic. And this uh, Dharma talk is going to help you to have a deeper look on your need of uh, taking refuge. As the Buddha told his disciples before passing away, don't rely on anyone. Rely on the island within yourself. You can profit from that uh, teaching a lot. As a single parent, 
you have to rely on yourself first. You have to know how to cultivate stability and solidity <coughs> in yourself. You have to be the island for yourself to take refuge in and for your child to take refuge in. Don't look outside of you. Look inside first. It may be in the future you find a person that is solid, but don't rely on on the conditions outside. Maybe you will look for all your life and you cannot find a person like that. So first of all, go home to yourself and look for that element of solidity and stability within you. We know that uh, a person who does not have uh, stability is not a happy person. You cannot rely on a person who does not have stability, solidity. Even that person is a very talented person and has a lot of power or money. We cannot rely on him or her because that person will go up and down a lot and you will have to go up and down with him or her. That's true. So look to see whether that person has stability, solidity or not. And when you love someone, if you do not have enough uh, stability and solidity, you will make that person suffer. That's sure. Because you will go up and down a lot and that person will have to go up and down with you. So the Buddha recommends that first of all, you have to cultivate more solidity and stability within yourself. And the way we do it in Blumlesh is to learn how to breathe, how to walk, how to do everything in mindfulness. There is a meditation called a Pebble Meditation. And children uh, are taught to do that meditation in order to cultivate four uh, qualities that we need in order to be a happy person. The first quality is uh, freshness, beauty. You have to do something in order to preserve your beauty and your freshness. <coughs> because uh, humans are born in the garden of humanity as a flower. And if we don't know how to live and how to uh, practice, we will lose our beauty we lose our freshness and we do not have much to offer to the person we love. And that is why we have to practice being fresh as a flower. Breathing in, I see myself as a flower. Breathing out, I feel fresh, 
So the practice of uh, relaxation, mindful walking, mindful breathing can help you to restore your freshness and your beauty for yourself and for whoever uh, encounter you. And that is the first pebble representing a flower, beauty and freshness. And you have, if you have lost some of your beauty and freshness, restore them by the practice of mindful breathing, total relaxation, smiling and sound. And the second pebble represents um, stability, solidity. The image is a mountain. Breathing in, I see myself as a mountain. In a sitting position, you feel you are solid. Because without solidity, you cannot be a happy person. You have to cultivate stability and solidity for yourself and for those who rely on you. Breathing in, I see myself as a mountain. Breathing out, I feel stable, solid. You cultivate solidity, stability. You will profit from it, and your child will profit from it, and your partner will profit from it. Cultivate it. Don't just ask someone to give you that. That is the second pebble representing a mountain. Be a mountain. Don't allow yourself to be pulled away easily by your emotions, your feelings, by the past, by the future. Be solid. And the third uh, quality is uh, peace, tranquility, calm. And the image is the image of uh, of uh, still water. When the water is still, it can reflect sky and cloud and mountains faithfully. When your mind is calm, you see things as they are. You don't distort uh, anything. So calm, peace is uh, a quality, oh, a condition of happiness. If the other person is not calm, is not peaceful, that person suffers, and you have to suffer with him or her also. And if you have some calm and peace, you're happy, and that person profits from your calm and your peace. And that is why we should know how to generate 
peace, tranquility, and calm. And that we do with mindful breathing, mindful walking, mindful sitting, mindful uh, action, and so on. When you cook breakfast for your family, or when you mop the floor, you can take that uh, time in order to cultivate more stability and peace and calm. Do it in such a way that joy and peace is possible. And in Blumlage, we try to do like that. We try to cook breakfast. We try to mop the floor and to water the vegetable garden in such a way that help us to be calm, peaceful. We don't try to do quickly in order to be finished with. We do it in such a way that while doing so, we cultivate peace, calm, tranquility, la force tranquille. And uh, that help you to be happy without peace, without uh, calm, you cannot truly be a happy person. With some peace and calm, uh, people can rely on you, your child and your partner. Breathing in, I see myself as still water. Breathing out, I reflect things as they truly are. No distortion. And the last quality is freedom. A person who is not free is not a happy person. Freedom here is not political freedom. Freedom here is freedom from craving, from anger, from hate, from despair, from ambition. All these afflictions make you not free. The the happiness of a person relies very much on her freedom. If you have so much worries, anxieties in your heart, you are not free. You are full of worries, anxieties, projects, and fear. You cannot be a happy person. So the practice is to empty, to take away these kind of afflictions. You need a lot of space within your heart. Imagine you have a whole house full of things. You cannot move in anymore. So in order to move happily in your house, you have to throw things out. So the things to throw out is too many projects, too many ambition, craving, anger, you have to throw, throw away things and bring in a lot of space.
and with space in your heart, you are a happy person. And what you can offer to your beloved one is space. Darling, do you have enough space in your heart? And if you do not if you do not have space in your heart, you cannot offer space to the other person because you are not free. Space is what makes us happy. Look at the full moon sailing through the sky. She has a lot of space around, that is why she's beautiful, the full moon. And if we are overloaded with worries and fear and anger, we are not free. We cannot be a happy person, we have to let go. Letting go is a very wonderful practice. And you need courage in order to let go. We have many things to let go. (laughs) Sit down and write down the things that you can let go. More you can let go, freer you become. You become. Happier you become. That is uh, the teaching of the Buddha. Last please. Breathing in, I see myself as space. Breathing out, I feel free. I have a lot of space in my heart. I feel so light. And darling, I would like to offer you some space. I don't want to impose anything on you. I want you to be free. I'll help you to remove anger and fear and sorrow. Because I I know the joy of being free. So I want you to be free also. So if you are a true lover, you should know how to offer freedom to your beloved one. That's the best, that's the most precious thing you can offer someone, freedom. So the four qualities of happiness we have to cultivate and we can offer to our child, to our partner, to our friends. First of all, freshness and beauty represented by a flower. Secondly, stability, solidity represented by a mountain. Third, peace, calm, tranquility represented by still water. And fourth, freedom, liberation, represented by space. When you say, I take refuge in the Buddha, 
you have the intention to take refuge in someone that is uh, compassionate, um, wise, and so you have some idea about the Buddha. But that is not the Buddha. That is only an idea you have about the Buddha. And when you say, I, I rest, I take refuge in God, maybe the God that you speak about is only your idea of God and not, not God. But you want to take refuge in something that is very, very real, very concrete, not an idea. So I propose that you take refuge in, in your in-breath, in your out-breath, which is something very, very concrete. You know what an in-breath is. And when you breathe in, you surrender to your in-breath. You stay with your in-breath. You identify yourself with your in-breath. Your in-breath is not an idea. There is something real that is happening. And your in-breath may last four or five seconds. But during that three, four, five seconds, you have a refuge. And your in-breath is your refuge. Don't you be afraid, because after having breathed in, you can continue to take refuge this time in your out-breath. You take refuge in your in-breath, and you continue to take refuge in your out-breath. And you take refuge in your in-breath again, and out-breath again. And during the time you breathe like that, you generate mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And that is, that they, they, these are not words, they are real energy. Because uh, when you breathe in, if you focus your mind on your in-breath, and that is the energy of mindfulness. If you know that you are breathing in, that's called mindfulness of breathing. So while breathing in, you generate energy of mindfulness. And Buddha is made of mindfulness. And if uh, mindfulness is there, you are taking refuge truly in the Buddha. You say you are taking refuge in your in-breath, but in fact you are taking refuge in the Buddha because breathing in, you generate energy of mindfulness. And if you are very mindful and you are concentrated, 
you are concentrated only in your in-breath. And when mindfulness and concentration are powerful, insight is there. Breathing in mindfully with concentration, you recognize that you have a body that is inside, that you are still alive that is inside, that life is so precious this inside. Many insights can come with one in-breath and out-breath. And mindfulness, concentration, and insight are the kind of energy that make up a Buddha. Buddha is not made of bronze or clay or stone. A real Buddha is made of mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And when you breathe in and out mindfully with concentration, you get the insight. And you are truly taking refuge in the Buddha. Buddha here is not an idea anymore. Buddha here is your in-breath, your out-breath. And the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight generated by the practice. And during the time you breathe in and out, you are safe. You are protected by these three energies. And that is the island within yourself. You don't have to... uh, You don't... uh, You you don't... You don't rely on anything abstract. Everything is so concrete. Your in-breath is real. Your out-breath is real. They are happening in the here and the now. And the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight generated by the breathing are real. So you are truly taking refuge in the Buddha, in the Dharma, in the Sangha. And if you take refuge like that, you practice like that, fear, anger, restlessness will go away. Because uh, these three energies are with you. You are inhabited by the energy of mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And the Buddha is, is real in that moment. And when you breathe like that, it is the Buddha who is breathing. And when you sit like that, the Buddha is sitting. And you can take refuge in your steps. Your step is not something abstract. It is a real thing. And you invest all your body and your mind into making a step. And while making that step, you generate and concentration and insight and mindfulness. So taking refuge in your step means taking refuge in the Buddha. Because Buddha is nothing but mindfulness, concentration, and insight. You have a simple uh, definition of Buddha. Buddha is the presence of mindfulness, concentration, and insight. And whenever you want the Buddha to be there for you, 
the Buddha is there because you know how to breathe and how to make steps. You might like to write it down. I take refuge in my in-breath. I take refuge in my steps. Very concrete. They are not abstract ideas anymore. And what the object of your refuge is right there, inside of you. And you do not have to go and look for, for it elsewhere. I was talking about a wave trying to take refuge. Because a wave might feel scared. And whatever wave can rely on is water. When the wave is only wave, and then she is uh, subjected to birth and death, being and non-being, ups and downs, but when she recognizes that she is water, she takes refuge in the water. And the moment when the wave takes refuge in the water, she loses all her, her fear. And she enjoys going up, she enjoys going down. She is no longer afraid of being, non-being, up, down, anymore. And, and the wave does not have to go and look for water. You know that. We don't have to go and look for the Buddha. Because our nature is the nature of enlightenment, of mindfulness, of concentration and insight. And by breathing in and out mindfully, we generate these three energies. And that is our Buddha nature. So up to us, it is up to us to choose to be a wave only, or to be at the same time, water. And to take refuge in the Buddhist context, is to become water. In Buddhism, we speak of nirvana. Nirvana means uh, the ultimate reality of no birth and no death. And you don't have to go and look for nirvana elsewhere or in the future. Because nirvana is our true nature. It's like, uh, like water is the true nature of the wave. And the wave does not have to go and look for water. We don't have to go and look for nirvana. We are nirvana in the here and the now. There is no way to nirvana. Nirvana is the way. If you know how to breathe, how to walk, how to look, how to listen, nirvana is there, right in the here and the now. That is our nature, true nature of no birth and no death.
And if a wave can take refuge in the water, we can take refuge in nirvana. Right here, right now, and you lose your fear of birth and death and everything. So taking refuge is a very deep practice. Not only for beginners. Those of us who have practiced 30 years, 50 years, we still continue to practice taking refuge. And according to my experiences, don't take refuge in anything abstract. Take refuge in something that is quite solid and real, like your in-breath, your steps, and you get the peace, the joy, the healing that you need right away. And resting in God is touching nirvana, touching the nature of no birth and no no death. And if uh, we understand God as the ultimate reality, our true nature, and then there is no no more uh, discrimination, no more uh, difference between uh, the two traditions. Last time we have learned the first four exercises on mindful breathing. The first one is to be aware, to recognize the presence of our in-breath and our breath. Breathing in, I know this is my in-breath. Breathing out, I know this is my own breath. The second exercise is uh, breathing in. I follow my in-breath all the way through. I enjoy my own breath all the way through. So the second exercise is to follow your in-breath and out-breath with no interruption. And by doing so, you have more concentration and your mindfulness grows. And the third, breathing in, I am aware of my body. And the fourth is breathing in, I release the tension in my body. And today uh, we we learn uh, the second set of fourth of, of four. The fifth exercise is to to generate to recognize a feeling of joy and the Buddha told us how to do it it is possible to generate a feeling of joy now 
because when you you breathe in, and if uh, you are mindful of your in breath, you bring your mind home to your body. And when mind and body are together, you are established in the here and the now. And you can get in touch with many wonders of life that are available. Your body is a wonder. Your lungs, your heart, everything in your body is a wonder. And everything is around you is a wonder. The sunshine, the rain, the trees, the birds. And with that kind of awareness, you know that there are so many, many conditions of happiness, of joy that are available. You have eyes in good conditions. You can, you can see the blue sky. You can see the sunshine. You have ears in good condition. You can hear the sound, the, the singing of the birds. You have two strong feet, you can do walking meditation. You have so many conditions of happiness. So when you are in touch with these conditions, joy is born. Joy is born right away. When you get in touch with the wonders of life, the conditions of happiness that are available right here and right now. And if you know how to let go, (laughs) you get the joy so quickly. Suppose you you, you live in a big city full of noise and smoke. And um, uh, in the afternoon uh, of uh, Friday, or in the morning of Saturday, if you manage to get out of the city, and then one hour after, you are in the countryside, and you enjoy the fresh air, the hills, the trees in the countryside, and that joy is born from the fact that you have been able to leave behind the city. So to let go is also a source of joy. And that is uh, the techniques uh, pro- uh, proposed by the Buddha. There are many ways to create a feeling of joy. One is to get in touch with the wonders of life that are available here and now. Second is to recognize that you have so many conditions of happiness that are available here and now. You don't need to go into the future to look for them. The third is let go. You have many things to let go. And to let go bring Joy right away. Have some courage to let go. So let go brings joy and happiness. 
Mindfulness brings joy and happiness. Concentration brings joy and happiness. And insight brings joy and happiness. And these energies you can generate by the practice of mindful walking, mindful uh, breathing. So as a practitioner, you are supposed to be able to generate a feeling of joy whenever you want. So that is the art of happiness, generating joy. Now, and you know it is possible. The sixth exercise is to generate happiness. The same principle. The second, the, the, the next exercise all is to rec- recognize a painful feeling, aware of the pain that is coming up in you. A good practitioner should not try to run away from his uh, painful feeling, painful emotion. A good practitioner should be able to stay with his pain in order to take care of it. Usually people try to run away from the pain, from the suffering that is coming up. And the usual way is to to cover, to cover it up by looking for something to consume. Someone who, who, who feels lonely, who feels uh, mm, restless, may like to go to, to open the refrigerator to, to take something out to eat. We are not hungry. We eat because we want to forget the pain, the loneliness, the sorrow in us. And many of us do like that. Or we may turn on our television. We go to the internet. We listen to music. We take our car to go out. We telephone someone. We do everything in order not to be in touch with the pain, the sorrow inside. That's the practice of most people in our society, to cover up the pain, the sorrow, the suffering inside. But in this practice, we learn that we have to be there for our suffering. So the seventh exercise is breathing in, I know, a painful feeling is in me. A feeling of fear, a feeling of anger, a feeling of loneliness is in me. And then the feeling is a kind of energy 
the feeling of pain is an energy. And when you, when you notice that the painful feeling is coming up, and as a good practitioner, you have to do something instead of trying to run away from it, you generate the, the energy of mindfulness. The second, second, <coughs> second, for, for a second source of energy called mindfulness. You know how to breathe. You know how to walk in such a way that you can generate energy of mindfulness. It's simple. Breathing in, I know there is pain in me. So the energy of pain is not alone with the practitioner. The practitioner practices breathing, walking to generate the energy of mindfulness. And with that energy of mindfulness, he recognizes the pain. Hello, my pain. Hello, my anger. Hello, my fear. I know you are there. I'm here for you. I will take care of you. That is the seventh exercise. Not running away from it. Stay with it. Take care of it. And you are not afraid because you know how to generate the mindfulness. People are afraid because they, they, are, they do not know how to generate the energy of mindfulness. And that is why they are afraid of being overwhelmed by the pain. And that is why they try to run away. But you who are a practitioner, you know how to practice mindful breathing, mindful walking. You generate mindfulness. And with this energy, you recognize the pain. And then you embrace it tenderly, like a mother holding her baby. And that is the eighth exercise. Breathing in, I calm my feeling, my painful feeling, my painful emotion. And when the baby suffers and cries, the mother comes and picks the baby up and holds the baby tenderly into her arms. That is exactly what we should do when a painful feeling arises. It should be there for our baby. And the energy of tenderness of the mother begins to penetrate into the baby. And after a few minutes, the baby feels better and stops crying. That is the eighth exercise. So the seventh is to recognize the pain, and the eight is to embrace and calm it down. Even with a strong emotion, you can calm it down with the practice of mindful breathing, mindful uh, walking.
And many young people do not know how to do it. When a strong emotion comes, they are overwhelmed. And some think that uh, the only way to end suffering is to go and kill themselves. That's why so many young people kill themselves every day. In Hong Kong, in uh, France, in the United Kingdom, in America, so many young people kill themselves every day because they, they don't know how to handle a strong emotion. In Bloodbridge, we have been training parents and teachers the techniques of uh, handling the strong emotions. If they know how to do it, they will transmit the techniques to their children and students. You can save their life by transmitting to them the method of mindful breathing, mindful walking, to recognize and uh, embrace the strong feeling or emotions. A strong emotion is like a storm. It comes, stays for some time, and finally it has to go away. Why do you have to kill yourself because of a strong emotion? You are much more than it an emotion. So we can write it down. I am stronger. I am more. I am much more than one emotion. The territory of your person is very large and your emotion is just a tiny thing. Why do you have to die just because of one emotion? You can manage. You can handle an emotion. It's not difficult. In a sitting position, you might practice uh, deep uh, belly breathing, long breathing, and focus your attention only on the rising and falling of your abdomen. In the, in the sitting position or in the lying position, you put your hand on your tummy, and you breathe in and out mindfully and notice the rising and falling of your abdomen. Do not think anymore. Do not stay up here. Bring your mind down here and become aware of the rise and fall of your abdomen. And if you continue to breathe like that, maybe three minutes, four minutes, five minutes, and your emotion will go away. It's simple enough. You don't have to die because of one emotion. It's very important to remember, I am much more than my emotion. I can handle my emotion. And we can, we must uh, learn the techniques. And we have to tell the young people how to do it. I think school teachers have to master the practice 
and have to share it with their students, parents also. And it is possible to calm down a feeling and emotion and suffer less, like a mother holding the baby and make the baby suffer less in a few minutes. And there are exercises that follow that can help you go further, not only calm it, calming it down, but transform it into something more positive. So if today we have a um, Dharma sharing in the afternoon, we might like to discuss a little bit about our experiences as how to handle a painful feeling or a painful emotion. Bonjour. <laughs>